Hello, and welcome to Pep Talk by Perpetual. Perpetual is a talent advisory firm with offices in New York City and Paris. This podcast is all about raw conversations with real people. My name is Tracy Gentry, partner at Perpetual, and I am delighted to welcome Gary Embleton, the co-founder and CEO of JAG Provisions, a better-for-you snack food company. Welcome, Gary. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks so much for having me on. We like to kick off our podcast with a fun question for our listeners to get to know you better. So we're going to start with one about movies and TV shows. What is your favorite movie or TV show and why? My favorite movie ever, and you can judge me, I judge myself a lot about this, is probably Top Gun. But I would say, you know, like the types, it's more the types of movies. So, you know, when I think about it, it's, you know, I, I typically watch movies based on the actors in it. You know, I'll, I'll pretty much watch anything, no matter how bad, if the actors and actresses that are in it are, you know, ones that I feel like have like great acting skills or some type of talent that, um, you know, interests me. You know, movies for me are just escape, pure escapism. So, you know, I don't need to be intellectually stimulated. I like to put my brain into neutral, like... I think I probably still cry at Top Gun. You know, it's so, no, you know, no shame in that. I just, it's like just a pure escapism thing. Could you share for us an overview of who you are and your background? So I grew up in the north of England in a mining town, coal mining town, uh, at a time when coal mines were closing down. It was pretty tough, you know, economic period in the, in the region. You know, I was, you know, the first in my family to go to college, went to um, St. Andrews University, like great school in Scotland. I think now, by the way, when I was there, it wasn't the best school, but now I think it's viewed as one of the best schools in in Europe um, overall. Prince William went there, it's the claim to fame. Graduated with degrees in chemistry and economics. Um, And at that point, you know, I wanted to be a scientist graduated college and, you know, had a couple of different job offers, not all in the science field, but took a job with Procter & Gamble right out of school in their kind of management program. I went to be a scientist in the UK with them and then quickly moved uh, to Brussels, Belgium. Very, very quickly figured out that I was not smart enough to be a scientist and do really well at it. And probably... You know, sometime in my early to mid-20s, decided, A, I wanted to shift over into more of a business background, and B, you know, I can't even think where this idea came from, but decided I wanted to be a CEO and, and run a company, even though I didn't really have any idea at the time, you know, what that meant. So, you know, worked for P&G, got promoted, left, went to actually a big multinational uh, chemical company after that called Rome Palenk at the time. It's changed its names a couple of times since. And then was fortunate enough to spend time at Clorox, you know, amazing consumer products company. Um, SC Johnson, again, you know, like so fortunate to have spent time at what I, what I would still consider, you know, some of the, so the world's best companies from a, from a training perspective, the theme each time that I moved was I got further and further away 
from being a scientist, right? So success from that perspective. And then spent, you know, I spent nine years after I see Johnson spent nine years at method ran all of supply chain when I joined and then sequentially like added things, you know, needed, needed P and L experience. My, um, the CEO of the company at method was gracious enough, whether it was a good decision or a bad decision to give me that experience. And I ran the Asia Pacific region. Um, I took on e-commerce, took on sustainability, took on R and D, you know, took on, you know, much of the company, you know, and then, you know, from there ultimately took my first uh, CEO job at Belcampo, a regenerative organic, you know, meat company. So it's, you know, what I would call not a direct path, you know, um, definitely a path that I was very focused and had in my mind a very clear plan and just kept showing up every day. And when opportunities arose to learn something new or take on something new, my hand was always up. Um, I was always, I was always that guy, even though I generally had, I'd say most of the time, very little idea what I was signing up for. In many ways, I'm very grateful that I was able to take a, di- a little bit of a different path, but be surrounded by incredible people with those backgrounds that I didn't have that I was able to, you know, always learn from. Would you say that your choices as you grew within each company and from company to company, were the specific choices intentional or was it more your overriding always on desire to learn something new, to take on something new? I think it was always the latter. So, you know, when I, I had this kind of start point, I'm a, I'm a, you know, product development scientist and I had this end point. I want to be CEO and I had a general (laughs) sense of, what might be important to do in the, in the middle of those things. I, re, I remember actually in my, my second job, my boss came to me and said, I think you should do a six-month rotation in finance. And, you know, obviously I'd been exposed to finance. I didn't really know. It's just like FP&A. Thankfully, never put me in accounting. That would have <laughs> not gone well. But more kind of, you know, financial planning and analysis. And I, I literally thought I was being almost like punished, you know, of course, like you fast forward six to nine months and it was probably one of the greatest like experiences that I've ever had. I realized like very early on that, you know, if you think about these two kind of buckets, that the idea of being an artist or being an operator, like I'm an operator, I'm not super creative. I can solve problems and I, I think I'm pretty decent in a room, like bringing people together and being to be creative, but but myself, I, I'm an I'm like an operator. I like numbers. I like logic. I like data. Um, and so, what I found was that those paths were the ones that were the easiest to kind of navigate and grow through. And you know, I would try to kind of pull those in quickly, get exposure to the others that I really didn't. You know, again, I really didn't have it have any business running a marketing function. I did it, but I had no business doing it. But it was because I was able to bring in like really great people to support, you know, um, you know, the gaps that I had. Were you encouraged to pursue this bold dream and bold path that you had set for yourself? Um, I would, you know, it's a, it's a really great question. You know, my, my grandfather especially was like way ahead of his time you know, interested in technology, like 
had a VCR when VCR was like two suitcases you carried around. And, you know, in the businesses that he was in, he was able to be the first in a couple of instances, build a great reputation. My dad then had that same skill set, very entrepreneurial, had a portfolio of companies that he was running at different times. And I think the thought that just the assumption was I was going to go into the family business, which, you know, would have been amazing. Um, but once I got to college, the idea of, you know, my, my idea of like, I want to travel the world. I want to work for big companies. I want to do all those things, which they couldn't really offer advice on, only be supportive of. But I think at, at any given point, they probably figured he'll show up one day with his tail between his legs and, you know, be back in the family business. And I think I was in my 30s when my dad was finally like, you know, there are no other children in the family that want the business. So if you're not coming back, you know, I'm going to sell it, uh, which, which is, you know, what he did. But always, always like incredibly supportive. When you share your story, what are you proudest of? I mean, I, th- I think there's a couple of things. You know, I'm, a, I'm very, you know, people that have worked with me, you know, I, I, I really am, I think, very genuine, like a people first, you know, person. So when I look back, there are a good handful of people that I see where they were when we first started together. And, you know, I, I, think, I think, like, I've got a pretty decent eye for talent. And there have been, you know, like a good handful of people that, you know, I remember this guy that was, you know, he, wor- he worked in the warehouse and, and because of a project, we were kind of thrown together. This guy was like the smartest person I'd ever talked to, you know, and the way he thought and the way he was able to like distill things down. And then turns out he was incredible on an Excel spreadsheet. Who, who would have ever known? And I was able to like pluck him out and reset him on a different course. And now he's in a huge job doing great things. I, you know, in the end, I think, you know, when you look back at business achievements, no one remembers the sell into a retailer. No one remembers, you know, no one remembers like the expansion to another country or people, people remember what you did for them. And so far and away, the thing that I'm proudest of are those people that I've been able to help and, you know, help, help them really build um, their career, you know, and really, you know, achieve and still, still, still are achieving from a purely kind of business perspective. I had the opportunity at method to, you know, from, you know, build a factory for them. So take them from third party manufacturing to self manufacturing. We built the factory and we built a lead platinum, you know, factory in a very distressed high unemployment area of the South side of Chicago from a pure achievement perspective, you know, we, we had this thing at the beginning that's that we said, we want to be on time on budget and on strategy. And we built that factory in, you know, to the day we opened it the day we said we were going to open it, you know, 16 months earlier. You have shared with me um, as we've prepared for some of this words like unre unreasonable, unrealistic, ridiculous. And I know you, uh, you have spoken a bit about some of the things you've taken on that fall into some of those unreasonable, unrealistic, bordering on ridiculous challenges, some on the business side that may have been one of them, um, and some on the personal side. 
Um, but it feels like that's been something that you have embraced along yeah. the way. Yeah. The, you know, the, it's the idea of like committing to the possibility, you know, you, you, you don't need to know exactly how you are going to achieve it. You just need to be extremely committed and, and know that it is possible. So when I, when I was kind of pretty early in my career, I think I was at Clorox and I was, you know, I was, I was in purchasing there and meeting with um, the CEO of a plastics company. Um, and I, and I, I think I'm like maybe 30 again, like, you know, this guy's built companies built, you know, and, 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 and you know, I, I'm like a punk sitting in his, at his conference room, negotiating pricing with him, like no business. He was very gracious. And once, once that stuff was done, you know, I asked him, you know, what, like, do you have any advice? You know, I, you know, I, in my own mind, I would love, I'd love to be a CEO. One of these, did you have any advice? Right. Apparently you should always ask that question. <laughs> and, and, you know, he, his advice, which I, I take to heart to this day and, and feeds into what I was just talking about, his advice was always take the hard job. And I have, I, I can say like hand on heart, I've never taken a job that I was fully equipped to do. And I've never taken a job in a company where that role was running smoothly. It was always like turnaround or transformation required. And, you know, I, I think that's just the stuff that gets me really, you know, gets me really fired up. Did that um, overriding principle of taking the hard job and never feeling quite fully ready for it, did that ever come back um, in a negative way? I would say in a, in, I was very, very fortunate that it didn't come back in a negative way until I was like well into my career. So I was probably, I was probably like 40 years old, you know, and, and literally had made it that far, had, a, you know, good days and bad days, of course, but never had a real like slam into a wall moment. And it was actually, you know, when, when we were building the factory in Chicago that I was talking about, we built that factory, like, like literally surgical precision right? Opened it on the day we said we were going to open it. Just like the story just doesn't, it just doesn't honestly get any better. And then, you know, we all kind of took a breath, we, you know, let our shoulders relax. And it's like, all right, let's get this thing started up. And the startup was, you know, I think probably generously a disaster. <laughs> you know, it, it, the financials that year were terrible. No one got a bonus that year, which I, you know, course felt incredibly accountable for you know company in the bay area you know bonuses are it's an important part of your you know ability to like live so um yeah hit that wall very very hard was was fortunate that you know a the rest of the leadership team the board my boss especially at the time had you know a ton of confidence but that I would, you know, fix it and turn it around. But lots of like, lots of dark moments in hotel rooms in Chicago, you know, just like spent 24 seven thinking about like, you know, how do we turn this thing around to the point that it, it, it started to occur to me, like, maybe this is a moment I should like go and get another job, right? This is, you know, maybe, maybe 
maybe this unreasonable but not unrealistic. Maybe I, you know, maybe I like overestimated my ability and it wasn't realistic. Very interestingly, I ended up talking to another company that had reached out recently, being offered this amazing job, like incredible job. I, I won't say what it what it was because I ended up turning it down. <laughs> but it would have it would have accelerated my path to CEO probably by a good two or three years, right? That was my end game. You know, that would have been a great path to get me there faster. And this company was a phenomenal company. I always remember my boss saying to me when I when I talked to him about it, it's like you got to do what's right for you at the end of the day. But knowing you pretty well after all this time and being in the trenches with you and everything else, I think you need to finish what you started and get that thing back on track. Adversity makes you better. Are there any other experiences in your past, either personally or professionally, that you see as those turning points or moments that that helped you grow in the way you think and in the way you act? I mean, there's been there's just there's been so many. The big the the ones that you know I mentioned about the 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 ones that brought adversity. Those are the those are the teaching moments that are most effective you know you just don't want too many of them and you know i think i was quite fortunate i got quite i I was quite far along in my career before i hit one so i didn't have that you know thing where you have it happen early it knocks your confidence and you're like climbing out it it knocked my confidence but i'd been doing this long enough i knew i could fix it and i knew it was I, i took it for what it was More, more on the personal side, when I was in college, in my second year, I, I ended up, I got bacterial meningitis. And, you know, at that point, I, you know, I was, you know, I was your typical, you know, kid away at college. I suddenly had all this freedom. I probably, I took my sport very seriously. I was, you know, very, very competitive in sports, but not much else. And, you know, pro- probably would, you know, would have been fine, but you know, I got bacterial meningitis and by a series of very unlikely coincidences, instead of dying, I was like found in a coma, blue, transported to hospital. There happened to be a doctor at the hospital that recognized immediately what it was, was able to pump me full of antibiotics. You know, I spent some time in a coma. You know, my parents, you know, watched me have my last rites read to me and, you know, all like really, you know, bad stuff. Anyway, I came around and I think turning point one was appreciation of life, but then the other was appreciation of health. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's something that I've carried through, you know, my entire life up to the current day. That I think leads in nicely to some of the choices that you've made career-wise most recently. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want to lead you to these answers, but it seems starting with Belcampo and also with your current initiative, would love to hear how you've integrated that personal side of health and wellness into your professional endeavors. Yeah. You know, what I, what I would say is like in the companies leading up to Belcampo, so Method would be a great example. The mission of Method, incredible. The culture of Method, incredible. The people 
You know, it's like walking into a class of like all the smartest people you ever met, you know, but you work with them, right? And, you know, it, it was just the, the level of talent there, you know, was just like spectacular. But I don't I wake up every day inspired by the product itself from the perspective of, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't speak to me from a health perspective. You know, um, even though it was very good environmentally and other things. And so, you know, when I joined Belcampo and suddenly I'm, you know, in the world of regenerative organic meat and, you know, I was, I was, and this is a true story, the number one e-commerce consumer at Belcampo for, for the entire, you know, kind of 18 month period that the e-com business was in operation. I was like the number one customer and you know, I, I really kind of garnered an appreciation of very, very high quality, real food, unprocessed, raised in the right way, both from a nutrition perspective and an environmental perspective, and the impact it can have, you know, on your health and wellness. And, you know, now we're in, in the final stages of, of selling Balcampo, like, in, again, incredible brand, incredible, um, incredible mission. And, you know, as I was looking at what's next, I, there was never a question. It had to still be in food. It still had to be in the health, healthy food space. And, you know, how I ended up in the healthy, you know, better for you kind of snack space is, is nothing more than, you know, born from experience. Like these are the products that I used to pack my suitcase with. You know, so that when I was overseas, I would have access to great food and I didn't have to sacrifice, you know, my nutrition, you know, in the process. So, you know, there's a, there's, there is just a growing movement behind like real food and it's, it's really not, nothing more complicated than that. And we're just very focused on the snack space right now. Um, again, out of, out, born out of experience more than anything else. Fantastic. Well, we're all looking forward to seeing more on that front going forward. I'm wondering if there's anything that you would have done differently as you built your career. No, not a, not a single thing. Honestly, like, you know, the one thing that sticks out in my mind is how right, you know, my former, my former CEO was when he said, see this, see this factory thing through. Don't quit. You'll regret it. He was, I think, exactly right. And, you know, as I look back, I wouldn't change a single thing. You know, the things that I've been able to do to get to this point. I've learned a lot, been challenged, had a ton of fun, met amazing people. Um, There's literally not a single thing I would do differently. Very few people can come to this point and feel that they don't have any regrets or anything they would do differently. Any advice that you would share with someone who has aspirations and is crafting their path? Don't, you know, figure out what it is you want to do. Don't worry as much about the details of how you're going to get there. You know, it, it's, it's like when you, you know, like it, you need you need something to aim at, and I, I think there's something in the wiring of the human brain that when you make that decision subconsciously, you will progress. You'll be drawn towards 
you know, small decisions here and there that will keep you like on the right path, but figuring out what it is, you know, you want to do, like, do you want to be a CEO? Do you want to be a CFO? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? But figuring out what that thing is that you really feel is going to cause you to kind of leap out of bed every day, excited about what you're doing. I think, I think the other big one, the other big piece of advice, like take the hard job, do not go stick your neck out at at every opportunity. I, I was in companies where, there was a career strategy of just don't stick your neck out because you'll get your head cut off. And those people like, like that, that would say, you know, I, they would say those things to me like, Hey, I've got, I've got 10 more years. I ain't stuck sticking my neck out. Like I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm in a good place. And that's great. You know, that, that's a, that's a career path too. They just never seemed happy and never seemed fulfilled and never seemed to be smiling and enjoying what they did. So, you know, Figure out if that's, you know, what's important. And if it isn't and you want to kind of aim big, like, you know, take take some chances. Most of the time it's going to work out really well. If not, you'll learn. And then the last thing is just this thing about consistency. Just keep, like, keep showing up, you know, and keep doing the best job that you can every single day, whether it's at work, whether it's in your personal, just keep showing up, like, being consistent is 90% of everything, you know, like you will not see every day you're getting better, but you'll wake up at periods along the road and you'll be very different, you know, and it, a lot about it is just being in the room and again, just showing up. words to live by. Um, This was wonderful. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing your story with us today. It was really a pleasure. I very much look forward to seeing what the future holds for you personally and for JAG Provisions. We'll all be watching. Uh, Thank you very much. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks, Tracy. You too.